you know, we we talk about democracy. We talk about it being very weakened. And, you know, I think in any setting you go in, there's is it worth saving, right? Do we just dismantle it all and start over? But is that really realistic? Or are we at a point in our country where we actually get to fix it? Welcome in, kids. Another great week of your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week, with Josh Moon and David Person. How are you, David? Hey, man, I'm good. It's a beautiful day today, and uh, we are getting closer to the Christmas holiday, which means we'll get a little bit of a break and get a chance to chill. So I'm 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 good. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. I like this. This is my uh, favorite time of year. Uh, well, I, you know, all of summer is actually my favorite time of year. Uh, and then I don't like the cold, but I do like the the few weeks uh, you know, leading up to Christmas. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, it's always a, a nice time. It seems like it, people are nicer to each other. Everybody's in a little better mood for for a week or two or so. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a lot of the same crazy foolishness that you have. Um, and, you know, in other times of the year and, and it just is, it's a nice time, you know, it's a, it's a nice time. And I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you this while we're talking about it, I'll tell you uh, where it's a nice time to spend some time is with our uh, friends at uh, Wind Creek Entertainment. Uh, uh, They are the uh, sponsors of this fine political podcast. So it's Alabama politics this week brought to you by Wind Creek Entertainment. And, uh, it's, um, they have three locations around Alabama at Moore, Wetumpka, Montgomery. Uh, they have other locations around the country and even outside of the country in some very nice uh, locales. Uh, and they run some of the best casino hotels, resorts in the world, actually. I mean, it's not just in, in Alabama. They run some of the best in the world. Uh, they're Alabama's largest hospitality employer. Uh, so you're they're putting a ton of money back into the economies around here. And they also do a great job of, of being good citizens and, and donating money back to a lot of charities, a lot of school functions, uh, pretty much every big time charity event around the state of Alabama. You will notice that uh, they always have the uh, Porch Creek logo uh, because they have donated a significant amount of money to most of those things. And uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a nice thing that they do. And, and part of that, uh, the, the, the reason why they're able to do a lot of that stuff is because they run fine establishments and a lot of people go and spend their time and money. Uh, and they are fine establishments. If you got some time coming up over the Christmas holidays, I would encourage you to go check one out. Uh, they have, you know, listen, you don't have to, to necessarily gamble. Go spend the weekend uh, with Tumka, Montgomery, uh, you know, especially if you're going around to, to Montgomery to do some things, uh, going to the, you know, some of the civil rights uh, museums that are that have opened up over the last few years down there. I would highly recommend that. Stay, yeah. you know, get get a room at at one of the at one of the Wind Creek establishments down there, and and enjoy yourself. Have a first class stay. Have a first class experience in the spa. Um, you know, maybe gamble a little bit if you want to, or hit you know hit the bar, hit the restaurant, uh, watch some football, and enjoy yourself uh, while you're down there. So it's a uh, it seems like a win 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 kind of situation. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent, and. Uh... As soon as I can get my schedule aligned, as I keep saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pop down there and uh, and uh, definitely hit the spa and probably hit the probably hit the blackjack tables. I'll 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 drop maybe twenty. See what I can do with a twenty at the uh, blackjack table. 
Well, no, there's no blackjack. So you're, you're, oh. you're so it's, it's, oh, yeah, you, you keep know, telling it's, me that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's, no it's just electronic bingo machines. Uh, so it's a uh, yeah. So that soon, yeah. hopefully yeah. soon, if we can get this gambling bill passed, yeah. uh, you will have the opportunity to to do that. Because I mean, it is if you if you actually take a step back and think about it, it's silly that we're in this state and we have we have gambling. We have so much gambling all around us. Uh, you know, and we have folks, you know, like like the the, the Wind Creek guys that are they're doing it first class, uh, and they can't offer you know some of the some of the better games and some of the stuff that that you find in in other casinos and stuff, and you know, but even without it, they you know it's a it's still a first class experience that you're going to have at at these places, and so I would encourage anybody to go and and have a good time, and and I you, once you get yourself down there and you get that two robe situation uh, worked out for yourself, I mean that's a, that's a two robe kind of room, uh, you know. They, they, I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. You know, I've never I've never played a one arm bandit. Never, never really? done it. No, never really? done it. Never done it. I've, uh, I've, I've played only, some electronic bingo. I've, it's, only, uh, I've only done, like, tried to do blackjack one time, I think, maybe. Yeah. You know, I'm just not, you know, gambling is not my thing. It's not, you know, I didn't grow up, you know, with parents who gambled or anything. So it's just not my thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'll, I'll give the one arm bandit a try. See what, see what all the hype is about. Yeah, you know, there, there are a lot of things that, uh, you know, I've, I've gambled you know, a fair amount in my life. <laughs> so, uh, uh, not, not, you know, I'm not a, a degenerate or anything like that. I, I, I tend to gamble with very, very small amounts, uh, when I do. And, uh, and that's enough for me, you know, what's the, a small the, amount to you? Uh, you know, 5,000, 10,000, something like that. You of know, course. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking completely. Um, as far as y'all know, uh, but no, it's, um, it, it, honestly, I, I, I go, I, I've been to, I've been to the one where the Porch Creek, actually, I've been to all three of the Porch Creek facilities uh, and, uh, and and played their games at all, all the places. Uh, I mean, they were for research purposes, of course. I mean, you know, we were writing stories about them. Oh, you know, cool. Well, yeah, of course, it's all for that. Uh, you know, I've been to, to casinos uh, uh, around. I've been to the, to the casinos over Mississippi, some on the Gulf Coast. I've been to uh, casinos in other parts of the country. Uh, I've been to casinos on cruise ships. Uh, so, I, you know, I've done I've done a fair amount of stuff. I, I tend to stick to the to the the blackjack, uh, the poker. I, I'm I'm a real big poker guy. I like poker a lot. Mm-hmm. I like the Texas Hold'em stuff. Okay. And, uh, uh, so that that's more of my game. Uh, which, but I, I don't, you know, I don't really mind the uh, the electronic stuff. And and really, I'll say this. You know, a lot of people complain about the electronic bingo over the slot machines. I kind of like the electronic bingo a little better. It was a it seemed like a, a different kind of a game, and it was actually a game that you were playing. But Anyway, look, y'all go online, Wind Creek Entertainment, uh, Google them up, uh, get yourself a, a reservation, uh, yeah. spend some time. You will not regret it. I, I guarantee you that. Um, speaking of regrets, we have uh, our our old friend, uh, not necessarily friend of the show, Thomas <laughs> Tuberville, uh, is has ended the the part the Republican Party's long nightmare. Uh, of blocking mm. military promotions, uh, much to the glee of his fellow Republicans who have been taking and just eating an absolute shit sandwich on, over this. Mm. Um, and, you know, 10 months into it, and he bailed out and um, said, uh, well, it was basically a draw, uh, which, I mean, I think kind of explains why he was so poor at recruiting. Uh, but um, how's it a draw if you I bail out? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know at all. How, that's how that's, that's what mean. we call a delusion. That's self delusion, yeah. man. 
it's, I mean, it was just, uh, just, it was pure, it's pure insanity. It's terrible. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, nothing, it should, you know what? I, I'll be honest. Just sitting here thinking about it now, it shouldn't make sense. You know, it shouldn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense that he's in, in the Senate. It doesn't make any sense that people are going to continue to vote for him. It doesn't make sense that he's going to be reelected. So it, all of the shit that he says doesn't make any sense. So why should it make, why should this make any sense? So you think you're saying you think um, he's people are going to vote for him. He's going to be reelected. So you think after all is said and done, even though we're sitting here laughing at his, uh, you know, at the failure of his strategy, you're saying that you don't think it's going to mean uh, it's not going to have any political impact. That's what you're saying. Uh, no, not substantially, uh, because here's here's your problem that you're facing. Um, you're are, are the, is the GOP in the state going to run somebody against him? Somebody going to come, come up, somebody going to step up and run against him? So if not, I think it's possible. Uh, I think it's okay. very possible. Uh, so you, do you think that that person can win in this state, given that the stance that he took was uh, abortion pro, uh, you know, uh, or anti-abortion? You know, I think, uh, and and I understand where you're coming and I'm from. About, and I'm talking about the primary now. I'm talking about the right, primary. Right, right, right. Well, I think it depends on who it is. And and I don't know, um, you know, if it's somebody, if it's somebody, because see, I think there's a way to spin it. If if I mm-hmm. were, if I were somebody like, say, uh, you know, somebody else that we're not a big fan of, Steve Marshall, let's just say. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if I were Steve Marshall, I would spend that thing this way. I would say, look, I'm as pro-life a guy as you can be, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that the, that, but, but, but the problem with what Tuberville did was he put, he put one core value up against another core value at the, or I should say put one core value up at the expense of another core value. Mm-hmm. And that's not smart strategy. This guy's supposed to be a, a football coach and a, and a guy who's an expert in strategy and he and he and he showed poor strategy you know there's a way to there's a way to uh you know to be pro-life but not at the expense of the military and if you elect me that's what i'm going to pursue i'm going to pursue a strategy that gives us two wins and not uh, a, a a loss and and then another loss, arguably, because of the of the uh, of the negative impact it had on the military. That's what I would do. I agree completely with everything you said, and there's no way it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't think it'll um, work. Huh? No, it, but I, it, uh, I'm sorry. Have you met a lot of Republicans who are known for their nuance and subjectivity on certain issues? No, no, they're well, not. They're not. They're, they, they don't. They don't get. If it doesn't fit on a bumper sticker, you can't reach them. That's it. Uh, and and they, they see the basics. Tommy Tuberville stood up for babies, okay? He stood up for babies, David. And it's all we care about. Is he saved his babies? <laughs> and listen, I, this is not a popular stance. Uh-huh. Uh, Alabama's so the so the, the I think there are there are certain things that if we actually had reasonable conversations about 90% of Alabamians would agree. And I think 90% of Alabamians would agree on the abortion issue. If we had a reasonable conversation about it, if we sat down and we said, okay, look, here, here's, here's our deal. Okay. This, 
we're not we're no, we're no longer going to talk about abortion as in term in terms of pro life or pro abortion whatever you know we're going to we're going to talk about it in terms of reality and of science and we're going to say to you that at x number of weeks this fetus becomes a human okay this is mm-hmm. becomes an actual person within there because they have heartbeat they have they have feelings they have th- and science tells us this for a fact and after that point, if you want to, if there is an abortion that it's had, it has to be for these specific reasons. The and a doctor has to be involved, and there's a process that has to be undertaken. And I think that almost every Alabamian out there would 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 have this conversation, and we would we could say, hell, most every American would have this conversation, and I think everybody would be pretty well on uh, together on it. Uh, you know, fringes aside, mm-hmm. there, there would be some fringe people, of course, on, on both sides. That, but I think the 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 overwhelming majority of Americans and Alabamians as well would be okay with this conversation and w- that we could agree on. And but we're never going to have it because we've reduced this and the gun issue and so many other issues down to bumper sticker speak, and and that's all we talk about. That's all. It's, it's pro. It, it either either you're you're pro Second Amendment or you're wanting to take everybody's guns. You know, uh, you, you you want to be able to walk into Walmart today and buy an AR-15 and a ten thousand rounds of ammunition with nobody being the wiser and uh, and start carrying it around through the store loaded with zero back. You know, zero uh, uh, training, uh, very little background check. Uh, if you're okay with that then you're pro second amendment. But if you even want that person to have a bit of training to learn how to operate the weapon that they're going to carry that could kill people, then you are anti-gun and you're trying to take it from everybody. Just like Obama trying to take my weapons. Well, well, I'll say this. I mean, I, and I understand where you're coming from and I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you that I think um, Republican and Republican leading voters in this state and probably across the nation, actually, for the most part, tend to be more black and white. You know, they, 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 they you know, life is, is very simple dualities in terms of what's right well, and what's wrong. At least they're that's mostly the way it not appears. black. I can tell you that. Hmm? I said they're mostly not black. I can tell you that. Well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. They don't see any gray, they don't see any nuance. I think, I think you're right about that as a, as a general statement. But, uh, but uh, you know, a lot can happen between now and uh, 2026 when Tuberville is, uh, has to face re election. And, and I'm just guessing that. You know, okay, so this is strike one. Let's look at this as strike one. Um, How many more strikes do we think Tuberville is going to accrue uh, over the next uh, over the next three years? I think it's possible that he could accrue, uh, you know, a few more. Um, But strikes for you and me or strikes mm -hmm. for Republicans? Well, strikes for Republicans. I mean, because, you know, not only did he, as, as we pointed out, not only did he. Did he anger his fellow Republicans? But I do think uh, I, I would. Well, I'll put it this way. My assumption is and, and I haven't seen any polling on this, and maybe that's the ultimate way to to get a real handle on this. But but my assumption is that at least it caused some Republican leaning voters, Republican and Republican leading voters to pause 
and think, you know, is this really, is this really what we need to be doing? Is this really the way we need to be doing this? I don't know, but maybe man. I'm giving him too much credit. I think you're giving, uh, well, I don't think you're giving him too much credit. I think you're giving them too much credit. Yeah, that's I, I just, what I'm saying. I, I'm, maybe uh, I, I just, you know, um, I don't know. Listen, I, cause I, I'll tell you this. I think he's right back in the fold with a lot of them because they like him. Um, and, you know, God bless me for saying this, but um, he's a likable fellow. He really is. Tommy Tocqueville. I mean, from afar, for us voting and, and in life and everything else that we, we talk about, he's despicable, uh, the, what he's done and the way he talks and the things that he's, that he's said. But when you actually meet Tocqueville, and you actually talk to Tuckerville. He's a likable guy. I mean, he he really I mean that's part of the reason why he was successful as a coach. It wasn't necessarily the coaching, it was the fact that he could charm a room full of boosters and okay. he could separate them from their money. And when he goes in that that you know, that kind of folksy, you know, slap you on the back, make a few jokes sort of thing, he's very quick and he's very funny. Um, and, and he, he is, he's very good at this. He's very good at, at the politicking part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very bad at the actual knowledge part of it and actually doing the job part yeah. of it, but he's very good at the charm part of it. And so he'll be right back. And you heard him when they were talking about it, you know, Lindsey Graham said, you know, he, he's so likable, you know, he's just, he's such a likable fella. I really do love him. And, uh, uh, you know, and it's yeah, just, that was uh, Lindsey Graham, though. <laughs> really, I really, I really love him. I really, oh, I love him today. He's just so, he's such a, he's such a guy, you know. Um, uh, but, um, you know, it's, um, so did you like that? It's, uh, I do declare, oh my, oh, that's terrible. It's something else. You got to, you got um, a mint julep over there? I do. Oh, I need a fainting couch and a mint julep whenever he walks in the room, my God. Uh, but no, he, um, it, listen, it's a, uh, you know, he's that kind of guy though. You know, uh-huh. he just, he, 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 he does that and, and, they, and they like him. He's kind of like Jeff Sessions, you know, Jeff Sessions, despicable uh, political person. Uh, but, uh, the folks there, you know, he was, you know, doing all of his grinning and handshaking in the hallways and they loved him. Yeah, Thought he was and I, great. And, and while I have not met Tuberville, I have met Sessions and a couple of times, been around him several times, actually. And, you know, you're right. He's 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 a likable guy. He's, um, you know, he's not. You know, so, yeah, he's a likable guy. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, friendly. That's... He's cordial. He, he'll shake your hand, even if he knows that you guys are polar opposites. You know, yeah. he'll still, he can still be friendly. So if Tuberville is the same way, I, I get what you're saying. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example of Tuberville as a coach anyway. Uh, we, uh, when he was a coach at Auburn, uh, I was a sports writer at the time, and uh, we would every year have a sports writers uh, banquet uh, for the state, State Sports Writers Association. Uh, and we would have a little dinner, uh, we'd give out some awards. Uh, we would invite the coaches from all the colleges to come, and most of them came. Uh Nick Saban was really the first coach that really just started shunning that, uh, you know, before, before that, uh, most everybody came every year and I don't even know if they still do it anymore or not, but Tuberville always came. And, uh, I, I'll never forget. I was, you know, just chilling at the table, uh, eating whatever we were having rubber chicken and a roll. And, um, I looked beside me and, and Tommy sitting there, um, uh, yeah, just, I just, right. You know, they had the table set up for, 
the folks at the front, you know, the coaches and stuff, but he was sitting there with everybody just, just shooting the shit, man. And, um, and I, we, uh, at the end of the, <laughs> the end of it, you know, I, I was a columnist. And so I was kind of sitting with the guys that covered the, that did some of the beat work and, mm-hmm. and I'm, uh, guys that covered Auburn as well. And, uh, at the end of this thing, we started to walk out. Tom was walking out with us, uh, as we were walking out there. <laughs> he said, so I, I can't believe it. Not a single guy that covers me got an award for anything. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go over to the bar and I'm going to pound back some shots and then I'm going to go out here and run my truck into a tree and y'all go cover it real quick so y'all can win something. All right? <laughs> but I'm just going to help y'all out. Because yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. That's, but that's, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's yeah. a funny. He's a funny guy and he's a, he's a personal guy. I yeah. wish he was a better I wish he was a better person. I do. I I, I wanted to like Tommy in this in this role. I really did. As a politician, uh, yeah. As a politician, as as a senator, I I hoped that he would take this more seriously than he has. But he is not. It, it has been something that he has used to enrich himself. Uh, something that he is uh, the the pandering and grandstanding is just never ending. And the the not so subtle anymore racism. I mean, just this week, my God, just this week, he talked about the border. And talk about how they're taking over our country from us, you know. And what? I'm sorry. Was, yeah. Is Tuberville a Native American name? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, this is not even a country we're going to recognize anymore if they don't do something about it. It's exactly the country we recognize. I mean, mm-hmm. have you seen the sign at Ellis Island? I mean, you know, just, come on. It's <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. it just is... Uh, you know, I wish he were better than than he is, but he's not, and he's not going to be. It's obvious at this point. Well, yeah, and I and I and I think that's true, but I'll say that's fairly typical. I mean, you know, there are very few Republicans that that don't sound uh, either racist or 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 pretty close to it. You know, when it comes to the immigration question. Hey, I want to before we go any further, though, I want to go back to something you and I just did. You know, was we it were the mocking Lindsey Graham Lindsay. thing. Was it? Was it yeah, yeah. Was we were Lindsay mocking Graham? Lindsey Graham, and uh, and and I think people, and that was a good, that was a good imitation. <laughs> but I want, but I want people to understand uh, that I think you know, you know, the, the, there's a reason why we do that with somebody like him, and it and it's because of the hypocrisy that is embedded in his politics. Uh-huh. You know, here's a guy who, you know, let, let, let me put it out on the table like this. Um, so we're, we're, we're mocking a man for being, uh, for having effeminate kinds of characteristics. And, I, well, and, and well, also. I wasn't, I'm, I'm going to be clear. I wasn't, okay. I wasn't mocking him for, for being uh, feminine. I, because I know, I know a ton of guys, of, of old Southern people who talk. Who like are that, that way. Okay. Yeah, and I was, I was, I'm sorry, I was more mocking that old Southern uh, drawl of, oh my God, look at this, what in the world is going okay. on here? Okay. Uh, I, no, I was, no, I, I, okay. I don't, I don't care if that man is 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 gay or straight or what is going on with that. Well, and I'm not, I'm not mocking that or anybody yeah. else who speaks that way. So but he does speak a lot, like. Uh, uh, what was the guy who, who recently died? Uh, the the actor who was uh, who was on uh, oh, he was on Boston Legal. 
Um, uh, this little short guy. Oh, the comedian. Yeah, uh, yeah, Le- Leslie something. Uh, something, yeah, yeah, the comedian. Yeah. So, yeah. But, man, really, yeah, was, really a nice guy. Really came yes, across yes. as a really nice guy in real life. Saw him on talk shows, and he was funny and and charming and very sweet. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, yeah. But uh, so I I know a ton of people who talk like that, and as and especially if you spend any time around like Montgomery or some of those old southern towns, you know that's a, oh you get into the people who talk like that or. All the the talk that that decided to deepen it up a little bit and talk like this, you know, mm-hmm. and just you know, and it's just I don't know. It's just honestly to me, it's less effeminate and more pompous. Okay, okay. it's that pompous well, kind of. Well, let me tell you why I was laughing. I was okay. laughing because I see him as a hypocrite. I, I okay. see him as someone who, who. Um, you know, there have been a lot of questions swirling around about his personal life. Yeah. And um, and somebody who certainly, I think, displays certain characteristics as you as you were you know using to mock him with. Mm-hmm. But he's somebody who, from a political standpoint, I think has been hypocritical about who he is personally versus who he is publicly. And right. so that's why I was laughing at it, because I think I think hypocrisy is is a major problem. And I don't you know. And we're gonna when we get to our right wing nut of the week, that's gonna be uh, again. I'm gonna be hitting that drum again <laughs> when we get to that part of the program because of the podcast. Because the people that we're gonna be talking about uh, have absolutely been hypocritical in terms mm-hmm. of their political positions versus their public or their, or their private life. And so yeah. that's why I was laughing. I just wanted oh, to make that clear. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're going back to our discussion that we had a, a few weeks ago about the mayor and Smith station. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't care about people's personal lives unless right. it, unless it, it it ekes over in some way into uh, illegality or you know misusing funds for this or that. Uh, some something that that draws in the public's, uh, you know, the, their responsibility to the public. Uh, I, I mean, I, uh, and so I seriously do not care if, what what sexuality Lindsey Graham has or anything else. And now I agree with you to to an extent on the on the hypocrisy of it. Um and and I I think you're right that there have been a lot of people who have acted one way uh in public and behaved another way in private. And the the way that they have behaved in public has hurt a lot of people who think like them in private. Um and so you know I I, I get that. Um now yeah, I will say as far as Lindsey Graham goes, uh, hell, the you, the hypocrisy is not confined to his private life. It, the, I mean, the things he said about Trump and talked about Trump, what back when Trump was just a mere candidate, and they and he talked mm-hmm. about how awful he would be for the country and what an awful human being he is, and then to watch him do an about face on that because he feared, you know, a lot of people said that they they believe he feared Trump releasing things about him. Um, and that he had something on Lindsey Graham uh, that that made him turn in such a just I mean a one eighty man on uh, I I don't know but it's um you know I, I yeah I, I don't know it, it just a lot of that stuff is uh, like I said before it gets a little icky to me when we you know when you start getting into people's personal lives and and what's right and what's wrong and uh, I think a lot of times people can kind of go too far uh, with it. Uh, into digging into into somebody's life and and exposing it and and standing in some sort of 
moral judgment of them. Right. You know, and I I get to to an extent, I get it, but to, I don't know. Well, yeah. And I, and I, I mean, we did talk about this extensively. And of course I got slammed by one of our listeners, uh, as, as being, uh, um, influence like my position on that situation with the mayor and the journalism of it being influenced by my religious beliefs, which I, which I think is absolutely incorrect. But, but I do believe that, um, uh, in the case of the mayor, there's no evidence of any kind of hypocrisy. So there was no, that wasn't even a part of my calculus, you know, because there was, I didn't see any evidence that he had been hypocritical. But but I you know well I I don't want to relitigate that because no, you know, no that's fine yeah. no but, that's a, but the bottom line yeah. is um you know I think you're right there should be if you're going to dig into somebody's personal life there ought to be a there ought to be a valid reason that has in in my opinion public policy implications um, and so otherwise what what you know who cares. You know, right. otherwise, yeah. who cares, really? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's exactly right. All right, I tell you what, let's um, let's slide out. Uh, we're going to have uh, Taffany English Ralph on from the Southern Poverty Law Center. She's the director of the Alabama office uh, there, and we're going to talk about Steve Perkins' uh, case. It's still hmm. amazingly uh, rolling along without resolution indicator, although we were promised one uh, at the beginning of this week, and. Um, and so we're going to talk to her about that and about what the SPLC has done. Uh, I know they've put up some billboards around and um, and also have become involved in that and and how that kind of fits in with the bigger picture that they're hoping to uh, you know, to, to be involved in uh, in the state of Alabama with that new office. Uh, we're going to slide out to Alabama politics this week brought to you by Wing Creek Entertainment. We'll be right back in a minute. If y'all would do us a favor and uh, go, to, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and rate and review our little podcast here. Uh, that would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, you know, people might pay us to do this. Uh, you never know. Yeah, but yeah, but let's not stop at Apple. Also, uh, you can do the same thing on Google Play, Amazon, yeah. and some of the more Android-friendly, uh, you know, platforms uh, as well. I forget that Dave is an Android guy. I am. <laughs> Me, I'm a conformist. And so, you know, go to Apple. But seriously, wherever you go, just do it. Just, just go and, and rate and review, and, and that would be very nice. Unless you're going to leave a bad one. Don't do, don't do that. Just don't, don't, like that. Don't leave a bad one. Thank you. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person, and we are happy now to once again be joined by Tavani English Ralph, uh, who is the director of the Alabama office of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Is that all? Am I all correct in that? You're all correct in that, Josh. Yeah, that usually, I, I usually am, but I just like to check. You know, <laughs> See, I I've not been wrong yet, but that's uh, um, so. Uh, <laughs> now, look, th- hey, thanks for spending some time here uh, with us. I know y'all are busy over there. We are, but um, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having um, sure. me on to represent the fabulous office of the Alabama team. All right. Well, listen, we, well, the reason we wanted to get you on uh, is we wanted, I, I noticed um, that there have been some billboards uh, put up uh, mm-hmm. and some other things that have been done uh, by the Southern Poverty Law Center and in, in, in your office uh, in regards to the uh, Stephen Perkins shooting in, uh, in Decatur. 
uh, we've covered that before. And uh, and I, if anybody is listening and, and doesn't know, you know, Google up, uh, you know, pause and Google up for a second, you know, what the Stephen Perkins shooting is and take a look at the videos. And, um, and so I, I guess first, let me just see where where y'all how, how y'all got kind of involved in in that and and what drew you into it so um what really drew us into it um you know just one of the goals of the alabama state office is to work more closely in community and in partnership with organizations grassroots groups who are on the ground and um, of course when the shooting happened indicator all eyes were glued to see like what's happening in Decatur, you know, what was the premise of this? And then the more we saw community out talking about the impact of this killing on the community, who Steve Perkins was, and then the organization standing in power, being on the front line um, and really had an organized approach in how they would show up and protest against this killing um, mm-hmm. that happened in Decatur. Uh, Alabama. And I will say as a as a native Alabamian uh, being in this state to see the community show up, work together and devise a strategy to call on law enforcement and local government uh, to put attention to this and really to do the right thing by this case is really what prompted SPLC to get involved with this. And we also wanted to offer our resources and guidance um, to the community. And I will say they really didn't need a lot, but we also didn't want um, what was happening um, to be distorted. We Mm -hmm. didn't want the community to be harassed or bullied into not showing up um, and to protest, which is their given right to do so. And so we really wanted to provide some guidance along that way. And we also wanted to help in any way take the burden off of those who directly live in the community um, with regard to one of the town halls. So we did have one of our staff members who facilitated that town hall and that panel. And You know, that's helpful in a way, because if you're organizing on the ground, um, you're having to deal with, um, you know, making sure that everyone is operating within their rights, that they're protesting. Um, You're also doing rapid response in the community. So what is a way that the Alabama State Office could um, assist in that? And I will tell you all credit to Standing in Power, because they have really really been instrumental in the Mm -hmm. strategy that was developed for Decatur. And it is, it it leaves me hopeful um, Mm -hmm. because they've really crossed all the T's and dotted the I's in a very, um, in a productive way. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I I said last week, I went on on kind of a long, um, I wouldn't say tirade, but you know, a long, long speech, whatever, uh, grandstanding that uh, Decatur has given me a lot of hope. Uh, mm-hmm. for, um, you know, for what things could be, because you look and I, I mean, I, I'm from Decatur. I grew up there. So I've, I've got still got a ton of friends there. Uh, got a lot, my family still lives in Decatur. Um, and if you look at some of the Facebook pages that are devoted to this issue and just me, some of the posts that have been uh, from from people I know uh, from a long time. I mean, it is white, black, Hispanic, mm-hmm. old, young, mm-hmm. poor, rich, middle class folks 
people you would never, I, I mean, I would never expect to have come down on the side against, uh, you know, the police officers in this, thing, mm-hmm. no matter how wrong they might have been. Oh, some of these people I've known for years and I would have thought there's no way that crazy dude would ever be on this. And But man, it, so it's got to, do you think it's part of that, the, the way that standing in power has gone about this? I definitely think it's the way that standing in power has um, developed their approach and their strategy. Um, And to your point, Josh, when that happened, I myself was just like, okay, you know, we'll see. Because again, I'm not from Decatur, but I, you know, I'm just like, no way in a million years, but also with the faith community. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think standing in power also connecting it to what happened with the Heinz case back in 1978 and just what happened in that situation. And really they took a stand to say like, this will not be the reflection of Decatur. And I find that very, very hopeful. And I also think it is the way it should be, right? When, When these acts of injustices happen in our community, This is the way it should be. It is not a black or white thing. It is an us, you know, because that impacts all of our community. Right. Um, And again, it's not an assault on the police. Right. You can support the police and also hold the police accountable for their wrongdoings. And I think that this is what this is what Decatur has done. It is like, look, we want to support the police, but we will not allow acts of injustices to happen on our watch without calling it out. You know, uh, Tiffany, we had, um, uh, I'm sorry. Thank (laughs) thank you. Taffany. Get it right. Did you not listen to me? I mean, my God, come on, man. Thank you. I'm looking at, I was looking at the spelling and trying to figure out the Say it. I, I just apologize. follow my lead. I mean, I'm always right. Look, he just told you he was always right. He was always he did, right. And David. I ignored that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like my mama. Just like my mama. <laughs> but he was you know. right in that case, Taffany. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Taffany, I, um, you know, we had on the uh, the podcast uh, an attorney, Carl Cole. That uh, is that his name? Uh, yeah, Josh. Carl. Yeah, Carl, Carl Cole. Cole? Yeah. And he said something very interesting, I thought. He said that when the police arrived that night, they were in a, um, and I can't remember exactly the, the phrase he used, but basically they were arrayed in a way where deadly force was the uh was was the uh was was the presumption or 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 force uh force uh force with a gun well i think he said deadly force but anyway that force was going to be their first option the way that they were arrayed that night the way they positioned themselves and and i guess uh having their guns open and exposed and so forth uh, what do you know about that? And, uh, and, and does it sound as though that's problematic? Because for Carl, it's certainly, and I thought he made an excellent point, um, to go there with the presumption that force was going to be required seems to be problematic. So I'm not an attorney. So, but I will say this, if that was the case, I do find that problematic. 
specifically for the repossession of a vehicle? Because how often do you show up in that manner for a repossession of a vehicle if you show up at all, right? Um, when someone says, hey, you know, you shouldn't be repossessing my vehicle. I haven't received anything, you know, of that nature. And so I do find that very problematic. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say and again, that. You know, it goes back to, I'm sorry. It goes back to this whole presumption of black and brown bodies being seen as a threat, just mm -hmm. an automatic threat. And that is very problematic in our society. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things that Carl said, too, um, was, uh, you know, supposedly uh, this all came about because they called and said that there was a man with a gun uh, at the at the repossession. And so if you showed up and he's already walked out with a gun in his front yard. What would your reasonable expectation be that when you come back a second time? You know he's going to come out with a gun, and right. why would you be threatened by that? Right. You know, and so he's. He, and I think that tied well, back into the to the you know the use of force was going to be the expected outcome because mm -hmm. they knew he was going to walk out with a gun, and they sprang from the side of the house and then started firing. Yeah, and 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 let's tag on to this. Let's remember Alabama is 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 a state where there's nothing illegal about that. You know, there's nothing right. illegal about a person right. walking out of their house with a gun. Uh, you know, uh, it's not yeah, it's illegal for you not to, you know? It's, yeah, it's not supposed to be. But we also, you know, have to talk about that, too. Um, and even just with open carry, it mm -hmm. is you're not supposed to fear a white man who's open and carry it. But if a black man walks into an establishment and open and carry, he's going to be eyed. He's going to be followed. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and again, it's this presumption that black and brown bodies are automatic a threat just because of right. their race. Now, I want to I want to delve into what you just said for a minute, because I certainly believe exactly what you said to be true. And I think there's anecdotal evidence to support that in other places. For example, the, the horrific shooting of the young man in the Walmart mm -hmm. um, um, up in Ohio. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a gun in his hand and uh, the but the gun was something I guess he was looking at buying it or something. It wasn't loaded. It wasn't his. And immediately he was killed when they saw mm -hmm. him. Um, mm -hmm. the child, the child uh, that was playing outside. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm forgetting their names. Tamir Rice. Tamir, Tamir Rice, Rice. Yes. Yeah. Tamir, Tamir Rice. Same situation. They pull up. Mm -hmm. They see a black kid with a, a gun. They assume that it's a real weapon. And they kill the child only to find out it was a toy gun. So mm -hmm. there are reasons why we believe this. Oh, the the, uh, the Galleria but, shooting as well. We know where the, yeah, where the, and the Hoover. Mm -hmm. yeah and Hoover yeah and Hoover yeah where where they killed him. Well, good guy with a gun. You know they yeah. always talk about the good guy with a gun. Mm -hmm. So so what do we do then? I guess the, the you know and, and and I'm glad we're bringing up these these various these various real situations so that people can understand. That, that when you and I say this is our belief as black people, we're not just saying that. I mean, we're there's not. tangible, there's documentable proof for why we have this concern. The question mm -hmm. is, what do we do about it? How do we change the perception? How do we change the discourse? Or is this something that, is this just another concern or fear that we're going to have to live with as black people? You know, I don't believe that this is something that we have to live with um, for another three or four decades. I don't believe that. 
Um, I also feel very strongly, you know, Zora Neale Hurston has a, a quote that she says, there are years that ask the questions and then there are years that answer. And mm. I firmly believe that we are in the years that answer. And Decatur is an example Specifically, when we look at the state of Alabama, Decatur is an example where we develop strategies beyond the protesting and demanding, right? But what do we do with regard to policy? Policy cannot continue to happen in isolation here in the state. Policy legislation cannot be left up to the lobbyists. It cannot be left up to those who are assigned to supposedly represent all of Alabama. And I really feel a united, united concerted front around these issues is going to be just the strategic approach. And I also, again, we have to stop having these elections where people are running unopposed. We mm-hmm. have to raise up leaders who are going to be willing to step into political office. You know, we can we talk about democracy. We talk about it being very weakened. And, you know, I think in any setting you go in, there's, is it worth saving? Right. Do we just dismantle it all and start over? But is that really realistic? Or are we at a point in our country where we actually get to fix it? We're not putting a Band-Aid on it. And that is going to take the approach that is happening in Decatur with standing in power. It is across, as Josh said, demographics, race, socioeconomic status, age, you know, ability. It is across all of those sectors. And even with the amount of hurt and harm, and I, I don't want to negate this, but the hurt and harm that has been done to the Perkins family and all of this is inhuman. It is just beyond me that anyone who says that they embody the ideals of Christian values would allow this family to be harmed in this way is unconscionable to me. And I just feel Mm -hmm. that we have to be bold um, in our stance and our conviction and be very unapologetic about it. So, we're not whining. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We're not causing trouble. Yeah. yeah. So, so for the Southern Poverty Law Center, what, what are you, what are you advocating for specifically as it relates to this situation in Decatur with the killing of Stephen Perkins? What do you want to so, say? What we're, what we're doing is our advocacy is in alignment with what the community is wanting at this point, right? And they are wanting justice. They are wanting the police officers to be held accountable. Um, And I really feel, you know, here's the thing. Again, I'm not an attorney, but the mayor has had the information that he needs. Delaying his decision and coming out To issue that is it to me, it's problematic. And to me, it is saying that he is willing to cave to political pressure and not do the right thing. The other thing that we're advocating for, and I'm hopeful, I, you know, I know not many people are, but I am also hopeful that Aaliyah and in their investigation, that they are doing a thorough investigation and that they too will do the right thing. 
Um, the other thing is we want protesters to stop being harassed. Like they yeah. should they shouldn't be being harassed. They are within their First Amendment right to protest and they should not be harassed, bullied um, or antagonized. Right. And so that's the other thing that we are advocating for at the state office level. Yeah. Looking at this um, uh, long term wise, um, it seems like that Decatur, given the amount of civic engagement that there now is with this particular issue, um, this would make Decatur a pretty right location for someone to come in and say, hey, listen, you see what's happened. Um, uh, you know, y'all were so disengaged that you elected an absolute moron in Hunter Pepper uh, at 18 years old to be on the city council um, who has proven himself to be I mean, just the worst and uh, the the racist things that he has said and done in the past and the racist things he said and done in the, in the uh, not so distant past uh, are just abhorrent. And the, the way he's conducted himself throughout this uh, ordeal has been embarrassing to anybody who's been in and around Decatur. But it would seem that you could point to that and say, listen, if we can, if these folks over here can elect this 18 year old because they wanted to get a quick money grab from 3M, then we should be able to take what momentum we have here and actually get folks who represent the communities and the community interests better. And so do you feel like that's going to be a push, a, a Ferguson like push after this? I definitely feel that's going to be a push um, and rightfully so, rightfully so. Um, and I also, with standing in power and what they've done and their connection to other advocates, um, they have an amazing mentor um, who's been mentoring them. They have access now to other organizations who could actually help um, with regard to the push of getting those who would represent the community. So absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's an opportunity. And in terms of uh, the, your your office, the Alabama office, which is relatively new uh, for the Southern Poverty Law Center, where um, has this has this changed the the way that y'all hope to uh, to do things in the state? Have, has it gave, given you new ideas? Has it uh, has it you know has it opened up new doors and, and ways to to become involved in local communities? Yeah, so it certainly opened up new doors for us. You know, I I I can't you know, have this conversation without saying the SPLC of the past has not really done a, a really great job of being community centered, specifically in, in the state where we have our founding. And so um, for us at the Alabama State Office, this has opened up new doors, new potential partnerships, but it's also demonstrated where something is not kind of clear cut of whether or not this is an SPLC issue, or maybe this is a you know, this organization issue, it really is a way that we can align all of our resources and our advocacy to work together because no one organization will be able to do this. And our mission and goal is not to run an SPLC show, right? But it right. really is to empower communities to have a voice um, and, and utilize the resources that we have um, within our organization. And also our network, it's, 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 it's comprehensive and we have a national network uh, where we can also help Alabamians. But the premise itself is 
You know, oftentimes there's this notion that we've got to work from the outside in to do the work. I firmly believe that we work from the inside out. And that means we work with who we have here in Alabama. We work mm -hmm. to keep emerging leaders here in Alabama. We work to empower and give them the resources, the capacity building so that they can sustain these movements, because oftentimes movements are unable to sustain themselves. Um, and so the, the state office can help with that. But it's certainly given us um, other ideas and we hope to unveil a special program where we can offer communities the resources to be able to stand up like um, Standing in Power did indicator and organize without necessarily having to have involvement from the outside. Right. So yeah. training and, and leadership development are key, are core components under the Alabama State Office. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it's, you know, I think it's important to because you, you get a lot of folks that are, you know, the, the skeptics and the, and, the mm -hmm. and, and people that want to push back on everything that has to do with, you know, God forbid, a, a minority group achieving equality. Uh, mm -hmm. But the this is not this is not taking advantage of a tragedy. This is this is taking an opportunity to right a wrong uh, here. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and 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 not just this wrong, but a whole generation a whole or two generation of wrongs. Of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and so uh, you know, I hope that y'all are successful uh, with this, and we'll, like we've said before, you, we're, we're happy. We're, we're happy to do anything we can to, to aid y'all and, and help at, uh, other communities and uh, and do whatever we can here. I mean, David, not so much, but me, I'll do anything. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, but it's well, why you have to throw me under the bus. <laughs> I'm standing right there with you, man. David is like, I know, I, yeah, I've I'm been joking. in this with y'all. So, right. um, and, and hopefully we'll have a second round of um, convening starting in January throughout communities. And, you know, I shared this with you all before. We really took a nascent approach to this first year in building out the Alabama State Office because it was intentional that we actually wanted to develop one-on-one -on -one relationships with community gatekeepers, you know, like who's in the community that has like that's in the know. Right. So we right. weren't necessarily trying to go sit down with city council or mayors or things like that. Um, we really took the premise of we're going to build this state office brick by brick and we're going to do that in community with individuals. And so, you know, it, it, it wasn't a lot of I don't want to use the word pomp and circumstance. My, my daughter told me I have to stop using that phrase in interviews. But, um, you know, it wasn't a whole like of where we needed a lot of media lights or attention. We really wanted right. to develop those relationships. And so the second round of convenings, um, we're, we're bringing together what we hope will be diverse communities that they share issues within their community. And we actually in real time are helping them throughout the year um, develop strategy and come to resolution on a few issues. So some communities are talking about school board issues. Some communities are talking about um, you know, disciplinary issues in schools. Others right. are really talking about economic development and why is my rural community dying, right? right. And so we're looking at bringing national um, resources and looking at some holistic uh, things that we can do in community. So you'll see a diverse range of, of issues there. And whenever we need to you know, like call on our legal team, we definitely will because they are on ready. And we're like, hey, wait, this isn't an organizing thing. This is we need to investigate and litigate over here. And so right. they stand ready to do that. 
And that's what the state office wants to do in um, partnership and liaison internally as well, um, working closely with our policy litigation team and our educational arms as well. And let me just say before we get out of here that uh, you got you guys have quite a gem down there in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, you know uh, I just I've I've been on this tour at least two or three times now I think where uh, you know I'm with a group we go in we see the multimedia uh, presentation in the theater that you prov- provide uh, you have other exhibits there. Uh, more people ought to see that, you know, Absolutely. and um, and I hope that that's also part of your plan, you know, um, and it and it helps to complete the circle with what EJI is doing and mm-hmm. SPLC is doing. And and then you can also see Rosa Parks is um, I think it's Rosa Parks, house or apartment or something. The, yes. the, it, mm-hmm. it completes the circle. I, I thank you, David, for um you know, saying that specifically with the Civil Rights Memorial Center, I tell people all the time because it is such an intimate space and the um, upgrades that we do did during the pandemic, specifically with the film um, Apathy is Not an Option in the theater and really highlighting groups that have worked in the South to affect change and for people to realize that um, our movement, like our story here in the South um, not only shape the nation, but like what it really has the potential to do when we center home, when we center Alabama. Thank you so much for sharing that, um, for elevating that. I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, we we're, we're happy to have you on anytime, and uh, and we hope that you will come back. And and we just because we appreciate the work y'all are doing. Uh, I will really definitely do. come back. I'll give you first dibs on when we announce where we're going to put the Alabama State Office, where we're going to put the satellite mm. office. Nice. All right. Dibs. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's all. Right. We'll take you up on that. Uh, that okay. is uh, <laughs> it's Daphne English Ralph, who is uh, the director of the Alabama Office of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both so much. Appreciate it. Good to, good to see you, Daphne. Good yeah. to see you too. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, listen, what they're doing is great, um, yeah. and you know what they have what they have done, uh, you know, historically. I mean, it's, it can't be matched. And but you know, with this new yeah. office and and watching what's kind of going on in Decatur, and and listen, the, the reason the sarcasm worked about you not being involved. I mean, my God, look at all the stuff you do. I mean, nobody would ever <laughs> think that I would be more involved than you. Uh, but I mean, God, I mean, you're on the ro- you're literally on the Rosa Parks board over here in, in Huntsville. I mean, it's just I mean, come on, you know. Uh, and so, but it's. Uh, th- this, I mean, y'all, so y'all know. I mean, you know what, what's going on, and it's just, it, it's, it really. Uh, I like what they've done in, in Decatur, mm-hmm. especially, and, and in aiding that, and it's it's been a really good thing. So, listen, we're gonna slide out. We'll come back in just a minute. Wrap this thing up. It's uh, Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute. If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot. All right. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week, brought to you by Wing Creek Entertainment. Um, 
Yeah, I appreciate uh, Miss uh, English Ruff for being on with us and uh, and sharing a little insight there. Uh, if uh, you have any questions, uh, comments, uh, ideas for the show, just want to tell David he's wrong again, uh, you can email <laughs> us at apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Uh, get it in. We'll uh, do some stuff. I, we should tell you. Our uh, our Christmas schedule. We you know we normally take a little time off and uh, around Christmas. We normally take a little time off in the summer. But our our Christmas schedule uh, this year because Christmas falls on a uh, Christmas Eve is Sunday. Christmas Day is Monday. So we're gonna we're gonna tell our last show of the year will be the the week of the twenty eighth, twenty ninth. So uh, we're, no no that's not right. I'm sorry. Uh, the twentieth, twentieth and twenty first. Yeah. And so we'll be uh, we'll be off of there and then we'll be back on the 10th. Uh, so uh, we'll be back at the week of the of the 10th, 11th, 12th, right in there. So we'll, mm-hmm. you should buy your in terms of when the podcast drops. We'll uh, we'll have one that drops on the 22nd and then we'll have the next one will drop on the 12th. So, you know, not not a bad little break. I think yeah, I'll make it without we'll a great amount of time. Yeah. 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 Y'all should be fine. Yeah. Y'all, y'all be OK. Uh, all right. Uh, to wrap this thing up here, I, there was a couple things I wanted to talk about. One is the uh, library stuff that is still amazingly going on, despite the fact that so few people care about this and the the books thing. And yeah, you know, have you followed this at all, Dave? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I've followed so it a this, little bit. Yeah. Your overall thoughts on on, on the you know, the you know this ideas the, the ideas that are floating around now that we have apparently you know, these books in libraries that, um, you know, that contain references. I like, I'll tell you this. I read, read one uh, story or a portion of a story cause I couldn't make it through the whole thing cause it was God awful. Uh, <laughs> I, it was from one of the conservative websites here and, uh, and they talked about reviewing these books and, and you knew they'd done a bang up job when they had the author wrong on two of them. Uh, but, um, you know, they were talked about, well, it, had uh, it had references in the books to masturbation, had uh, several cuss words, uh, and then had a um, uh, a sex. It wasn't the sex scene wasn't depicted, but referenced uh, sex between two girls. Um, and this was in the young adult section, which apparently meant that kids uh, twelve and up could could read. And they wanted that moved out of the young adult section. Um, I, have y'all met a twelve-year-old? <laughs> <I mean, laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I think. I think by the time most kids are twelve, I could be wrong, but but you know, it seems like to me, by the time most kids are twelve, they already have they they already have a well-developed vocabulary around sex and um and and you know with and as we've talked about on this show before if your child has a cell phone Mm -hmm. the likelihood that they have seen pornography is pretty high you know even if they haven't looked for it intentionally it's still pretty high because you can you can do a google search innocently for for something and end up stumbling on some some porn, you know, as, as adults. So, yes, you know, so it just, you know, it, it, it seems, and then the other thing that I think about is, and again, I could be wrong because my, you know, my, my son, my child 
is fully grown. He's he's 29 years old. And so I don't I don't I'm not thinking about these kinds of issues on a daily or even weekly basis anymore. But, right. But it just seems to me like if a if a if a kid is is looking for sexual content, I just can't imagine that the library is where they're going. <laughs> You know, so this is you know, not 1991. You know, yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. You're not waiting on the Victoria's Secret catalog to come to the house. It's just not it, a thing. You know, it's, that's uh, right. Or the Jet Magazine. When I was growing up, it was the Jet Magazine centerfold. I mean, oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We uh, used to look, you know, we <laughs> in the black community, there were a whole lot of young men looking forward to that <laughs> centerfold. Believe me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but I just think, you know, uh, that's just not the way they're going to go. They're going to go to the Internet. That's what they're going to do is the easiest thing. It it, it, honestly, it seems like an exploitation of children uh, here um, by this group of conservative people, because they don't really care so much about the quote unquote porn. Uh, that's being used out there. They want they, they want control of these library boards so they can control what books are there uh, and control the narrative uh, and the books about you know political matters, uh, about right and wrong, about uh, you know what what government is supposed to do, how things are supposed to look, how you're supposed to treat one another, uh, you know what what happened in the history of this country, um, you know. I, it, it just uh, that to me seems to be the much larger goal of a lot of these people is if you can pack idiots onto school boards like they've done in Otago County, where they have, uh, you know, they put a guy on there. Uh, this So this this Otago County school board thing is really, really crazy to me. I mean, to, just to watch what they have done. Um, so they had they, they had some folks resign uh previous to, to the most recent resignations that they had. So they had a spot open on the board and they had nominated this person to be on the board, the county commission head. And uh, there's a group, uh, there are two different uh, opposing factions in, in Otago County. One is Read Freely, which is uh, the folks that are just want the libraries to be left alone and let the librarians do their jobs. And then the other one was uh, Clean Up, Clean Up. Clean up Prattville, I think it now has become Clean Up Alabama, um, and and they they're pushing for the restrictions on the books, and they've got a whole list of books about you know, things that they you know, these kids shouldn't be learning at this point, shouldn't be reading, and um, and so they, they the clean up folks had pushed this guy, and the county commission was going to uh, uh, vote on him, and the guy withdrew his name uh, because they had gotten so much pushback in the community, and he didn't he didn't care for it. He he wasn't going to do it. So he, he withdrew his name. And at the same meeting, when they announced that the guy had withdrew his name, they nominated some person that nobody had ever even heard of before uh, and then voted on him and approved him to put to be put on the board, which, you know, uh, he wasn't on the agenda. I'm pretty sure it's a violation of the Open Records or Open Meetings Act. But um, they, they approved him at that meeting and put him on the board. And the guy, his name is Dyer. He's it, got some a Dar. I'm sorry, Doug Dar. Um, he's he's got on his. You should go scroll through his Facebook page. It's honestly, it looks like the My Pillow guy's Facebook page. Oh. Um, I mean, it's just filled with conspiracy theories and you know right wing craziness and stuff. And and so in protest of them doing this, uh, I believe four other members of the board resigned. And like the hell with this, we're out. If you're going to do this, and so they've started appointing new members. And of course, you know how it's going to go. Um, I expect 
within you know days they'll have a swastika on the front of the library. Uh, but it's just, uh, you know, that, but that's just, this is what's happening. And the, the thing that kills me is, is that there are so few people who care about this, you know, that, and I say that, I mean, they don't think that libraries are, are harming children out there, that you ought to be running around, uh, you know, banning books or pushing books back off to this, you know, back far back shelf because of your beliefs. And that's what it all comes down to. Here is what do you think your children should be should be reading at twelve years old? Okay, and you believe that your child shouldn't be reading about masturbation? You know, I'm not so sure about that. I might I might would like to review that book myself and decide whether or not it should be available for my child to read uh, and to pick up. And what I don't understand is is where the hell are y'all? Where are all the parents? These responsible parents that are out there doing. Where where are you? Were you just right. dropping these little hoodlums off at the library on a Saturday <laughs> and driving the hell off? So yeah, and and the idea that if it's not in the children's section or the teen section means that you know it it'll be inaccessible to them is ludicrous. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's in the library and and they want to find information. You know, kids are going to be able to find it if that's if that's even where they're going to go, which I still contend it's not. No, that's just not. Listen, I've got a five year old. Okay, I've got a five year old. So I know a lot about the places that kids want to go these days and and a lot of the meetup places for the parents to take their kids and have a nice day. The library ain't one of them. All right. (laughs) You might take them every now and then because you're supposed to do that. And you're supposed to take them for the the events. And the library is very good about having events that get kids, you know, into reading and stuff. And you walk around with them and you pick out library books. And that's how it works, you know. And and you're there with your kids. Who is dropping their kids off? And whose kids are sneaking out to the library? If your kids are sneaking out to the library, congratulations. You've won. Okay. You've (laughs) won the kid lottery and you're going to be just fine. Yeah, I just it's, it seems, seems as uh, Shakespeare said, it seems like it's much ado about nothing. But yeah, but you know now they're yeah. they're doing this, and and they're gonna you know it's gonna be it's gonna be harmful to a whole group of kids out there that aren't gonna have the options uh, for for certain books, they're not gonna be exposed to certain books, and um and they're they're not gonna have the opportunity to learn these things, and it's just it's a shame. But uh, but if you're but if you're the Republican Party in Alabama, this is a great thing. You know, this is a great thing. It's a it's a great way to galvanize, you know, voters. It's a great way to create a wedge issue. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, this is part of their playbook. And yeah. so ultimately, don't you think this is really just about politics? It's really not about anything more than that. Oh, I say it's a thousand percent about politics. Yeah. It's all it's about is politics. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, what I don't understand is where are the Alabama Democrats on this? And and where is the where is the movement to protect librarians and teachers, um, you know, public school teachers, uh, from from that group from from them from the Alabama Education Association, but a lot, you know, a lot of the librarians, school librarians are part of the AEA as well. And I, I just it 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 bothers me that there is not a significant pushback to some of this absolute nonsense from the other side. Um, you know, I and I listen, we've written about it. Uh, you know, and expose what the hell's going on in this uh, day after day after day and and tried to, you know, and I've written columns about it and talked about how ridiculous it is. And whenever I write about them, I get you know, dozens of responses from people and I hardly ever get one uh, that's, well, you're not, you don't care about the kids, you just want to expose them to porn. 
You know, I don't hardly, I hardly ever get those. I get lots of people saying, you're absolutely right. This is ludicrous. Who's behind this? And and so I, I just it seems like an issue that could be pushed very easily from from a popular standpoint. You know, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, I you know, when you said, where's the Alabama Democratic Party on this? I just thought, hmm. I don't know. I don't know how much I want to say right now, but but I'll say. I'm I'm disappointed, generally speaking, and yeah. and I'm I'm part of the Alabama Democratic Party. I'm on the Madison County Democratic Executive Committee, so let me be clear about that. Um, but but I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in the messaging um, or yeah. the lack lack thereof. And I know that's one thing at a county level we're really trying to uh, re-examine and refine, you know, uh, we want to come out of the box next year with strong messaging. And we think that's lacking, not just on the statewide level, but, uh, but nationally, it, it yeah. seems to be almost like a, uh, <laughs> a chronic condition of the party. I mean, it's, it's very discouraging. Yeah. And, you know, um, uh, this is a good time to do it because I got to be I got to tell you, uh, you know, given the gerrymandering and how long the gerrymandering has gone on now, um, uh, you know, to to quote one of my favorites, uh, James Carville, Republicans are crazy. Uh, they, they, they have legitimate crazy people and crazy ideas that they're pushing these days. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of that that needs to be exposed. Um, speaking of which, our right wing note of the week. Um, or uh, and I, uh, since you know the story better, David, uh, I'll allow you to 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 give us our right wing nut. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we have decided that our right wing nuts are the Zigglers. Uh, they are the uh, they are the husband and wife who are caught in this uh, crazy sex scandal in Florida. Um, Christian Ziegler is the uh, chair of the. Um, of the Florida uh, Republican Party in Florida, and he and his wife have found themselves caught in a real mess. He has been accused of raping a woman who he and his wife had been engaging in threesomes with. What? Which is really crazy sounding. I know the whole thing just sounds kind of like, and they're Republicans? If you said they were Democrats, you'd be like, oh, sure. What else is new? But no, yeah, they're right, Re- yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? like, like a Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. But they're Republicans. And, and, and not only are they Republicans, but um, but the wife, uh, Ziegler's wife, Mrs. Ziegler, apparently has been very active in taking. And this is what we were talking about earlier, hypocrisy in taking mm-hmm. anti uh, gay positions and and supporting those kinds of positions and causes. So for them to be involved in this kind of situation, it looks not only it looks very hypocritical first and foremost of them and especially her because uh-huh. apparently and they have not denied that, that that you know in fact the reason we know for sure that they. Uh, were engaged in this relationship with the woman is that was as the police were investigating this and talked to Mrs. Ziegler, she actually said to the police that they had been engaged or had engaged in a threesome with this woman. Mm. So, um, you know, it, 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 she looks hypocritical. 
as somebody who is, in fact, bisexual, even though she's been taking uh, positions antithetical to uh, being supportive of people who are bisexual. Uh, and then he potentially is a, is a criminal, is a rapist, mm. allegedly. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a it's a bad look for the for the party down there, and um, reportedly the party's in chaos. If you if you look at some of the uh, news reports, and uh, and so we think that hypocrisy and this this big mess makes them great candidates for our right wing nuts of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do want to go back real quick though and say. All right. While, while, well, yeah, you, we probably wouldn't be saying a whole lot about this if it were Democrats. Uh, I will say that Republicans on the whole are far freakier than Democrats, all right? They got some <laughs> whole, so? <laughs> I mean, honestly, whenever we have one of these stories about some freakiness going on, it's always Republicans, man. It's all, I mean, think about the, the Falwell stuff and all this. Whenever there's something just, you know, some big sex scandal that's involving uh, just the, the craziest stories that you hear, it's always a Republican. I mean, you know, the guy tapping his foot in the bathroom, that was a Republican, you know? Mm. I mean, it was just, you know, it, yeah. it's always, I, yeah, you know, John Edwards aside, it's always a Republican, you know, it is. It, well, it just, you know, it's like the, all that, it, that's the reason they are the way they are. It's because they got all that repressed, uh, you know, and confusing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Going on down there. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's a whole lot of shame. They've worked a whole lot of shame in all that politics and they're doing. Yeah, um, well, I'll say, I'll say this to, to wrap up my end of this thing here. If he if he actually raped that woman, that was a horrible thing, horrible thing. Of course. And I hope that he will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Hypocrisy is bad without question. Mm. And and they deserve whatever political uh, shots and hits they get on that one. But but uh, but raping somebody, that's that's just a. Yeah, that's oh, just yeah. a whole nother um, thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a. Ter- the the whole thing is terrible, but mm. I mean that the that that particular part of it, yes, and uh, and and I hope he is, uh, you know, if, if if in fact he did that, then I hope he's prosecuted to the fullest extent as well, and uh, you know, and I would like for them all to just do better and stop being dicks to people, you know, yeah. and just honestly, that's that's the the message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all right, we're gonna get out of here. Till next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace. Mm-hmm.